Hi, everybody. Welcome to Coffee with JV. And today I have Pastor Mervin with me in the house. He is um, one of our amazing pastors who, who really helps with wholeness and ministry and freedom. And so I've asked him to come on and to talk to us girls about sex. Now, sex is this crazy thing that God has put into the mix uh, in human life. And uh, I wanted to talk to to Pastor Mervin about how it seems like when we're young and we're before married, uh, it's sex is like on our minds and we, we struggle with hormones and, and all that stuff. And then we get married and maybe a year or two, or even sometimes it happens quicker. We just kind of don't want to, why the transition? How can we do this right? Can you give us some tips? Okay. Thanks, Pastor Jam. Thanks for having me here. Um, a guy in an all-women's uh, <laughs> platform, that's, uh, that's a great privilege. And to all the ladies who are watching, what a great privilege to speak to you. And I think what you say, Pastor Jen, is such a common experience. I know obviously we have pastors here this constantly, both with single people and where the hormones, the passion, the desire uh, is so very strong. And quite often people cross the sexual boundaries that the Bible requires because they cannot manage that impulse that that strength of it and how quite often after they get married where they really are allowed to have sex within the confines of their marriage and their husband they they, they can lose interest in their whole mm-hmm. journey and and i think the whole thing is two things and one obviously we are we still carry some of our fallenness in us and therefore our perceptions of sexuality are coming from a very self-motivated place and not a full understanding of the biblical perspective. So many times a single woman, and for that matter, single men, we look at sex, we look at romance, we look at love, and we give it such a high place in our worldview and our thinking, which, by the way, the Bible does not. The Bible makes God your most high place, your God, isn't it? But so often we just do not know how to bring sexuality, romance, love, which are such strong things into into our belief with God. And without realizing it, many times we make a God out of it. All right? When I'm talking to men who are struggling with sexual addiction and giving in to sexual addiction, an addiction simply means it's become your God. It controls your life. So sex has become many, for many men, sex has become their God. And then they're trying to fit God into their ideal of sexuality. And they have to break it down. For many women, it's slightly different because of the makeup of a woman. She can put relationships and love and romance into such a high place. Now, they're all good. They're all gifts from God but they are not your God, all right? That is the mistake we make. We, we, we just think, if I had a boyfriend, I'll be happy. That's not true at all, all right? Some people get boyfriends, they become very unhappy. And people think, if I get married, I'll get husband, if I get married, I'll be very, very happy. No, marriage is an amazing journey. There are moments of tremendous joy and happiness, but there are a lot of moments of hard work and even pain that we feel in marriage. So we have this wrong perception of sex and romance in marriage, and we live in a present contemporary culture that exalts it. 
all right, that lifts yeah. it high, that makes it the most important thing. Yeah. So very often when talking to women, we would say these are love addictions. You are addicted to the concept wow. of emotional love and romance and, and you are addicted to that. That's what the media shows you. Mm. Uh, that's what Netflix is showing you in every movie because everything ends up with these two people fall in love with each other and then they move and they have sex and we don't even realize they cross a moral boundary. We're just so caught up that, oh, isn't it so nice? Our feelings are caught up and we almost blur out. Even Christians, we blur out that actually what they've done is they've crossed God's moral boundaries in that. So the answer to that, talking now still of the single person, the answer to that is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. I think sometimes we forget there are actually four dimensions of loving God. All right. And that's where, that is the first commandment. Uh, you take all the 603 commandments of the Old Testament, you put it, it comes to two. One, love God, one, love your neighbor, as Jesus taught us. But we really don't pay that much attention to it. We think, oh, I love God. Do you really? If you loved God with all your mind, that you should put all your thoughts, all your study, your reasoning, your logic, your memories into loving God. There's actually a practical element in loving God. So if I was to look at God and know God and understand God, I fall in love with God and I find the deepest fulfillments of what I want in God. Now, all my love order comes back correct. Wow. So God is the first. Yeah. Now, it is, it is great to long for a husband to want to have an intimate, emotional, but it is not the highest love. It may be kind of lower down in the list, because God is your first. And I think this is the problem. Our love order is wrong. Wow. For, for many men, it could be women as well, we put sex as the highest one. And then God is number three or four in our list. All right? Or we put romance, marriage, you know. So many times you find this with, with, with single women complaining or even asking for prayer with with. with ministry saying I just need a husband if I had a husband I'll be very happy and I go it's not true your husband cannot give you what God can give you great to have a husband marriage is awesome sex is awesome falling in love is fantastic all good but not your first love and I think that's where our world has deceived us and we get trapped and I think when it comes to emotional um desire it's a bit it's a bit like like a fisherman going fishing he, he he takes a bait and he puts a hook inside the bait when the fish looks at the bait the fish cannot see the hook mm-hmm. all right you only see the bait and the fish is convincing its mind this is good for me so many times we think this is good but you don't realize there's a hook inside that is going to get you and you're now trapped in that process. We need wisdom here. We need wisdom despite the bombardment of our world, particularly our online world that sells us all these messages to us about romance and love and sex. We need wisdom to go back to the word of God. And if I put my mind toward the word of God, 
I begin to fall in love with my God. He meets the deepest, deepest needs of my heart, right into the depth of my spirit, which, by the way, no husband can give you, no boyfriend can give you, and no sexual encounter can give you. All right, let's 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 call the lie a lie. It is a lie. We have trapped with that lie. Now, if we do have that lie, and we do find a, 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 a young man we love and fall in love, we marry him, and then we go into marriage and sex in your marriage, you're going to be so deeply disappointed yeah. because. You thought your expectations was this man will meet my spiritual needs, my soul needs, my physical needs, even my history of brokenness he's supposed to restore and heal and give me identity. You made him a god. Wow. So the, the danger of making an idol out of marriage, an idol out of relationship is very real in modern idolism. In, in modern world, we make idols of this. This, I think, is a very, very dangerous idol, and we're so trapped in it because we say, I just want to get married. What's wrong with marriage? Nothing wrong with marriage, except you made marriage more important than God. And in your imagination, in your fantasy, which is your mind, you are loving this idol, which actually a lot of that place belongs to love God with your mind. You should be searching the scriptures and knowing your God and loving him. But we make an idol. So then we get so deeply disappointed as a married woman with our husband because we realize he's got so many flaws. He's got so <laughs> many things. You know, he's so far from perfect at all. And, and, and of course, quite often when a young man gets married, he doesn't know how to love his wife. He doesn't know her deep emotional needs and how to meet that needs. He has come from his own idol where he thinks sex and marriage will make me really happy and it's all fantastic. And he's coming with his disappointment because, you know, you can have moments where sex is amazing, but quite often it is not. And the disappointment with each other completely removed. And so she doesn't really feel the connection anymore. She feels he disappointed me. He didn't live up to my standards but actually he didn't live up to your idol because he did not your idol. And, and, and this is an issue of loyalty. Uh, and I think it is so true, an issue of loyalty, the loyalty to God or the loyalty to an idol that you made up in your mind, in your notion, in your worldview, you made up an idol you know, in your mind. Then you are going to be really, really disappointed with this wow. Um, in our lives. So really what the media is showing us or what movies are showing us is just the beautiful bait. But hey, right inside is a very sharp hook yeah. which is going to you know, bring death and not life Amazing. into relationships in your life. So I think that's where we're making the mistakes. So if listening to you now, if I'm somebody who's like, oh my goodness, I've done that. I've made, you know, sex or love or romance um, an idol, whether I'm single or married. What do I do now? What's some practical things I can do now to go back and, and do it right? Okay, James, James chapter 12 talks about temptations. And I think it's a great, great chapter. I think verse 12 to 14, he goes, you know, it, it is not God who is tempting you or doing this. It is actually yourself, something in you. What he means is, there is an impulse and inclination within you that is that is so needy 
that you are you are moving that way and he says it is that that leads you to sin that temptation now becomes the bait that pulls you so that you have sex outside marriage or you give yourself to a number of men or or even this belief system that I'll be happy if I get married uh, and making an idol of marriage and husband it is actually something within you it is something lacking it is something missing of course for all of us since the fall of the human race there's an emptiness in our spirit but add to it our unique journey in life we can find emptiness <coughs> from our childhood from the inputs of our parents or culture uh, or brokenness there's a, a, a part of us that is broken hurting needy within us what we are trying to do is we build this idol to nurse this impulse all right we 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 because every time when we go into that fantasy of this perfect man and love and marriage it it, it actually releases hormones from our brain to our body and so we feel good we get the feel good feeling so we get addicted to our fantasy and and the 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 pain of our brokenness is numbed for a moment in that so so we keep going to the fence every time i feel lonely i feel depressed i feel nobody loves me i feel i'm alone i feel i'll never get mad i go into fantasy world because it releases this hormones and i'll feel good now that's dangerous that is of course neurological and biological but it is dangerous because it's it's going to pull you according to james chapter 1 it will pull you to sin you will then cross sexual and emotional boundaries that you know you shouldn't cross but so great will be your need and so strong will be your false belief that you don't care what the moral law says and a point of temptation you will cross same for men but men are far more sexual in this whole yeah. uh, process you will cross at that point so it is that we need to bring to the holy spirit and we need to say search my heart i like the psalmist because he says search my heart and see if there is some anxious thing in me there's something that i am really anxious worried concerned about and i believe the holy spirit will show you that yeah that is what you need to bring to christ you need to bring to the cross because the truth the absolute truth is jesus died on the cross not only to save you but to heal your broken heart yeah. and most of us don't use that dimension of salvation anointing flowing from the cross to wow. heal the broken heart and we need to do this again and again again god look at this broken this is part look at my thoughts why am i so worried look at my thought why am i so fearful why do i feel nobody likes me or no man will be attracted to me so i should give myself sexually there may be some where did that come from it comes from this anxious insecure broken area wow. and our job is not to take it to addiction or take it to some man our job is to take it to god because trust me your husband has no anointing to heal that broken parts in you only Christ said i have the anointing i'm releasing it from the cross as the body of jesus was broken this beautiful heavenly anointing and the more we go to christ and we heal that one one thing is we get our healing but two we fall in love with jesus again and again and again and a deep loyalty comes to jesus wow you have a deep loyalty with jesus you don't have to bother about moral excellence or or, or yeah. because because this love is your greatest protection 
It is not shame, it is not fear, as traditional values told us that will protect us from sexual immorality. Despite parents frightening us and shaming us, most yeah. of us have broken it in some dimension. It didn't have the whole. It is love and loyalty to this Jesus who saved me and heals me and comes and touches me intimately every time I turn. That is our hiding place. That is our covering. That's our shield. That protects us from all the deceptions of the world outside and all the neediness inside. You see, yeah. there's two, two battles you're fighting, all right? That's why when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we say, lead me not into temptation. We're talking of the internal struggle that we carry. And we're saying, Jesus, don't let this part of me that's not fully healed lead me into temptation and cause me to sin. That's part why. And it's a daily prayer, which is wonderful, isn't it? Wow. At the same time, we say, you know, deliver me from evil. That's the temptation from the outside. And wow. that's the process that keeps us pure and holy in the things of God. Simple, but beautiful. Um, you said something which triggered a thought in me is uh, like how it releases when you fantasize or you go to that place, it can release a hormone in you that makes you feel good. So when we feel good, we think it's okay because surely why would God stop me when I feel good? And I think that's a trap that maybe some girls get into with masturbation. They, that it releases that hormone and they feel good. And so they think that, okay, well, if this is making me feel good, um, then it must be okay. Uh, but then they get into this um, addiction of it. And more and more young girls uh, than ever before are falling into that trap uh, of masturbation. And just what you said was really good, how uh, we've got to fall in love with Jesus and make take that idol of self-gratification off us. Because a lot of singles don't realize that masturbation will directly affect their marriage. It, it has huge effects on your marriage, uh, after it's not like you get married and then all those urges leave. Um, it, it, it causes a dysfunctional, um, a habit that, that will impact your marriage. And I've sat with married girls who, you know, are in destructive patterns with this and it affects their husband, it affects everything. So, um, and I've always thought, well, how do we set these girls free from this thing? But it's what you said. It's, we've made an idol out of this love romance or even an, an idol out of this, chemical thing that that is released through us yes. that um so we therefore think well it's good and why would god stop something from me feeling why would god stop me from feeling good that doesn't sound like god and we justify it that way but really it is just uh so deceiving and that hormone has been built in us for marriage yes. and that love that we want you know it says husbands love your wives i've often thought why does god say husbands love your wives and wives submit to your husband. But it is that thing. We are created to love and to, you know, we do have that as girls growing up, getting married and all that stuff. So when it's done right in God's ways can be really beautiful uh, when God is our God and our husband's not our God or our sex or love or romance isn't, and we put it in the right place. I can see how God has created us to love, love, mm. um, first with him and then with our husband. That's, that's, that's a great, um, I think that's a great revelation uh, that just came out of this. But you have some resources that you want to recommend? What's something that we can read to help us? One book, if I can uh, recommend one book, uh, Pastor Jen, it's called Pure Desire by Gary 
INRIG, I-N-R-I-G, I'm not very sure how you pronounce that, I-N-R-I-G, Gary, I-N-R-I-G. Okay. Of your desire, moral sanity in a sex-saturated culture. Now, obviously, there are many books, but I like this uh, because he's very open in what he says, but he has strong biblical basis. And I right. think quite often people don't have a, um, don't have a strong biblical sexuality doctrine or belief system. Yeah. Um, and, and they have, as you said, they have the feel-good doctrine, all right? Yeah. If it feels good, it's not harming anybody, it's okay. Many yeah. people think that. So two adults feel good, they can have sex, it's okay. Yeah. It is a lie, an absolute lie, because it destroys you and it destroys those around you. But there's a reason also, another reason why I chose this book, Pastor Jen, is because there's this great chapter on parental, it's called Parental Guidance Required, and it's helping us. Um, this is not a book only for women, this is for men or women or mom and dad. But there's, again, I think Christians do not know how to bring up their children or parents their yeah. children in the whole area of sexuality. Now, stats will tell us uh, that boys as young as 9 to 11 are starting to watch porn. So they are introduced to porn from 9 to 11, and yet Christian parents are saying nothing. We, 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 we're not bringing in the guidance of God. We're not having the conversations that we should be having. We're just not having those conversations. And that is a deep concern for me, even in Kingdom City, all right, that we are not really talking. That means the outside world is cleaning messages into our kids. They're all lies, they're all wrong, and build up a strong worldview, and we are not. And so I think... For that one chapter itself, this book is worth it, although everything he talks is amazing and helps you fully understand uh, the kind of saturated world. And, and I think, Christians, we need to wake up. Yeah. Sexuality is a very, it's a great gift, yeah. but you don't know how to handle that gift. It brings great destruction. And we need to be openly talking, reading, discussing, discipling, even our young children uh, in sexuality, yes. Amazing. Thank you. We'll have that up on our blog uh, for people to, to see where they can get that from. And thank you so much, Pastor Mervin. That was wisdom. Loved it. And I'm sure the girls loved it too. So thanks everybody for tuning in and we hope to see you next week. We'll see you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.